listen, my name is Pastor Zach. I have the honor and the privilege of being our lead pastor here at Multiply Lake Norman. And today we're in for a treat. So today one of my good friends, uh, Mr. David Freeland, Pastor David Freeland, is coming to speak today. So for those of you who don't know their story, Pastor David and his family uh, planted our Wilmington location. When did you when did you guys officially move up? In like September? So you moved, and you're probably going to tell all this, so I'm stealing your thunder right now, but moved up, moved up in September, uh, and his team is there, his family's there, they're planting a church in Wilmington, they've already got a building, they're, they're already kind of, uh, I mean, you stepped into a building right away. It's all backwards. It's yeah, all backwards. it's all backwards. It's all backwards. <laughs> but can you give it up for my friend, Pastor David Freeland? Y'all give it up for Pastor Zach, isn't he awesome? You know, every one of us need a Pastor Zach in our life. You know, I had this thought today in worship. I was like, you know, Pastor Zach is like, and I don't know, I'm not very good with football or positions of football, but you know when the running back gets the ball and he, he runs through, you know, he's trying to make a hole, and then all of a sudden there's a collective of guys behind him pushing him through. Zach, Pastor Zach is one of those guys that help push you through to pursue what God's called you to do in your life. Isn't that, isn't that so true? You know him, so give him a round of applause and his family. <laughs> Pastor Zach, thanks for letting me share. I got to be honest, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, we are the Freelands. I got a picture of my family right up here. Yep. It's my wife, Jillian. I married up. Thank God I married up. The Lord was looking down on me and said, this boy needs some help and gave me her. So Nevaeh's my oldest, Layla's with me today, she's hanging out with dad, Bella's right here, Ezra, and as you can tell, I'm outnumbered, pray for me, and I've been saying that for a long time, and guess what God did, he's given us a boy. Yeah, so we got our first little boy on the way here uh, next month, and um, I mean, my goodness, Ezra is nine years old, so it's like starting all over again, right? Parents in the house, you're like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, crazy people, uh, you know, do that, and crazy people plant churches. So might as well just get in a boat of craziness. But God's doing some amazing things in Wilmington. I tell you, uh, when he stirred our heart to go to Wilmington, we went there for two days and prayed two years ago, and God was clear to plant a church there. We did not know how we were going to get there or um, how, how it was even going to happen, but the Lord did it all. As we began to step out in faith, the Lord showed up, and we were praying for a parent church, and just so happened to run into Pastor Doug um, up, up in a, a coffee shop. I think you were with him up in Richmond, Virginia, and uh, the rest is history. So we're excited to do what God is doing here, there at the coast, and man, there are seas of people out there that need Jesus, and I'm just so glad God is uh, using us, using what God's doing here with Multiply Church. Uh, to reach those people. So we, uh, yes, we have a building. Um, this is all backwards. You don't start churches like this. You know, you usually move to a place and then, you know, start meeting people and start, you know, diving into the community and, and, uh, and, and things like that. And once you get a, a group of people, then you find a spot, whether it's in your house or, or, or in a school setup, you know, or whatnot. But uh, we just so happened to drive down a road one day as we were praying, asking the Lord to, to show us where he would want us, and we saw a for sale sign on an old church building, and it just so happened to be an Assembly God church. So we made some calls. We were told that, hey, it's under contract. Uh, good luck to you guys. We're praying for you. Wish you the best. So my wife and I got out of the car. We walked around it seven times, and we prayed, and we asked the Lord, Lord, if you want us here, you do what you do. 
He does miracles, right? I said, God, do a miracle. Or wherever you want us, let this represent that. So we walked around the building. The contract fell through. And the Lord provided a place for us. And little did we know that there was this fence that was separating a, a house, you know, from the church. And the house came with the church. You know, so, I mean, God is, God is so good. We're going to use that house as an Airbnb and also as an opportunity to uh, house pastors and missionaries for ministry purposes. It's way too small for us as a family to live in. You know, as you can tell with the picture and the baby on the way. So, but we just thought it would be great for that purpose to help towards that mortgage. But God is good. Right now we're remodeling the building. That's why this has been a while for me to share uh, from a microphone, God's word, because I've been swinging a hammer. I got cuts all up and down my hands, my arms. I mean, even on my stomach. I was leading to something the other day. I was like, gosh, where'd that come from? And I was reminded, well, yeah, I was prying something loose and it hit me. So uh, we are dismantling uh, a church. Somebody gave us word uh, a couple weeks ago. He said, you know what? God did some amazing things here over the years. And as you see in scripture, how God used his people, there was moments where God moved and they, they dug wells. And those wells represented what God had done. And, you know, so when they pass by that well, they see what God had done. They hear the stories. And the enemy, what the enemy would do would come in and try to fill in those wells, cover up what God had done in the past. So somebody said this to me. says, you know what God is doing here? God did some incredible things in the past. There was a pastor there that had built a building, dedicated the land to the Lord. It expanded. Things, growth started happening. And he built an addition to the building, a bigger sanctuary. And uh, for some reason, along the way, the church died. They closed their doors. And this is what the word was given. God did some incredible things here years ago. And what we're doing right now is we're unearthing those wells. And I said, I I believe it because I feel it. But I'm excited for what God is going to do in the future. He did great things in the past. He's going to do greater things ahead. So God is good. I want to pray this morning because I need God's help. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for this morning. God, we thank you, God, we can come into your house just like this, Lord, to hear from you. Father, I pray that what is said is nothing, nothing from me. Let it be all from you, Father. You speak to their hearts. Speak to our hearts, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, I think this is the second week on this series of crossing over. You know, crossing over. It comes out of Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 2. It says, cross over to the land I'm going to give you. And I love this because this seems like the story of my life. You know, I don't have it all together uh, or figure it out. But as I put my trust in the Lord, he has taken me places that I never dreamed of. Now, do I feel qualified? Absolutely not. (laughs) You know, but with God, when he speaks, when he calls, you don't have to be qualified. Man, he'll raise you up to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. And We're just that family. That's what God is doing with us in Wilmington. So the scripture for today, I want to look at Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. Oh, and I tell you, this passage, if it doesn't fire you up for the things that God wants to do in your life, you need to read it over and over again and memorize some of it. Because this is the the words from God, the the word here in God's word, man, it really can stir our hearts to step out and do some amazing things. It says in verse 22 of chapter 14, it says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that the disciples get into the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up to the hill by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. 
A strong wind had risen, and they were, they were fighting heavy waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, don't be afraid, he said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, don't you love Peter? Peter had these moments, he was like, knucklehead, what are you thinking? He said, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, yes, it's me, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water with Jesus, or walked on water towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Then they climbed back in the boat and the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they explained. Notice at the beginning of this, we see that Jesus insisted the disciples to get in the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake. Insisted his disciples get in a boat and cross over to the other side of the lake. What does it mean to cross over? Well, I would say that we would define crossing over something like this. It's life's defining breakthrough moments that take you to the next level in your walk with God. That's what it is. You'll face moments like this all the days of your life. Moment after moment will arise where God is putting something right in front of you to give you an opportunity to take that step and to cross over. It's life-defining breakthrough moments that will take you to the next level in your walk with Jesus. If Jesus is insisting you to cross over, I beg you, seize the moment. Seize the moment. I promise it's going to be the greatest decision you ever make. I think there are some things that might be holding us back, though, when it, when, when it comes to seizing the moment and crossing over. And I think it really centers in this question of do you trust Jesus? Do you trust Jesus? Trusting Jesus in this season of church planting, that's all I have. <laughs> that's all I have. Trusting Jesus and giving him complete control, I'll never forget and God really expedited this whole process. My last ministry position, we had planned to stay there to the end of summer. But God, man, all of a sudden said, nope, you're leaving now. So I resigned from my position at a church in Alabama back in May. Little did I know the church that, that had closed down, the pastor resigned in May. You know? So it's interesting how God, God's timing is always perfect. He always is setting things up to accomplish what he wants to accomplish. If I would have said, no, I'm going to stay here. I'm just going to just persevere and I'm going to stay here where, where I'm at to the end of summer like, and keep on to that control. I think I might have missed out on something really amazing. But resigning from our last position and knowing that there's no paycheck coming. How am I going to pay my bills? Where are we going to live? And I'm working hard on a house to try to get it ready to sell because I'm like, the market's good and we might need every penny of it <laughs> to live. But... We sold our house in record time, literally. I think it was July, yes, it was July 30th we sold our house, and I, didn't, I wasn't going to be able to pay the bills in August. God gave us a, a place to stay for the month of August. Next thing you know, he kicked us to Wilmington in September. So trusting God is, is something that I'm very familiar with. I'm not perfect at it. I'm learning every single day. 
But it's, it's, it's the best route of your life. But the question is, to cross over, to seize the moment, what God has in store for you, do you trust him? Do you trust Jesus enough to do that? Putting your trust in Jesus to embrace that crossover moment. Let me give you a backstory here in this passage of Scripture that we just read about uh, Jesus walking on water and Peter having that experience and the disciples in a boat crossing over to the other side of the lake. Right before this moment, we see that John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, was beheaded. He was executed. John the Baptist was the guy that baptized Jesus, and he was terminated. He was executed. And then we see the story of feeding of the 5,000. It said that when Jesus received the news that John the Baptist was executed, he retreated to a place alone by himself, and I'm sure to pray and also to probably grieve. And then all of a sudden, the people started showing up. Somebody was walking by and saw Jesus over there praying and said, oh, hey, <laughs> let's get everybody over here. That's sick. You know, so people started coming and started gathering there on the shore. And it was over 5,000 plus people that showed up right there in that moment. And Jesus had compassion on them. It says in the book of Mark that, that Jesus saw them as sheep without a shepherd. So, man, he went from, man, grieving and praying to now stepping into this role to do what God had designed him to do and to stay on mission to, 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 to heal the sick and to, to teach them and to encourage them, to love on them. And that's exactly what I did. He, he did that all day long. And then evening came and his disciples were getting a little hungry. And they're probably like, these people are probably hungry too. So he said, hey, Jesus, send them away so that way we can go ahead and do what we got to do and they can go get some food and get home. And Jesus said, no, bring me what you have. So they found five loaves of bread and two fish and Jesus took it and he gave thanks and he, he blessed it. And the disciples distributed it and there were plenty, plenty of food to feed all the people and have leftovers. And then he sent the people away. But that's when we pick up in this text that Jesus told his disciples to get in the boat. The reason I give you this backstory is because I think there's some things that we can draw from it. Everyone experienced Jesus doing miracle after miracle after miracle. Everyone experienced the greatest word ever given from the word himself, Jesus, the greatest communicator. There's nobody greater than that. They received a good word. They had the greatest potluck food truck at church you could ever imagine to feed 5,000 plus people. Man, if somebody just so happened to stop by the store on the way and picked up some bread and some fish. Thank God somebody brought some food. <laughs> some miracles, a great message, a great meal, but only a few got on the boat. And only one walked on water with Jesus. 5,000 plus people were on the shores that day, but they returned home. Were they consumers? I don't know. The story doesn't go on to tell us what those people did when they got home. After they received those miracles and those great words and that great meal and experiencing Jesus, they might have gone and just told everybody and impacted lives. Could they have been consumers? We don't know. But 5,000 plus people returned home. Only a few got on the boat. We know who they are. They're multipliers. Jesus called these guys to get in the boat, and they did. They followed him the, the rest of their days of their life. But only one multiplier stepped out of the side of the boat and walked on water with Jesus. That's priceless. That's a priceless moment, a crossover, life-defining, breakthrough moment for Peter. And that's what I want to help you understand today is that God has called you off the shore. He's called you into the boat to look for opportunities where he'll use you in amazing ways to walk on water with him. I feel like we're walking on water. Does it terrify me? Absolutely. 
<laughs> right? I got a building without people. I know bills are going to start coming my way. And we ain't got people. Starting to pick up some people here and there, though. This is what somebody said to me not too long ago. I said, you know what? If God gave you this building and it was clear that he gave it to you, don't you think he's going to bring the people? He, somebody also said this to me. He says, you know, in the last days, God's going to pour out his spirit. There's going to be a mass revival before he returns. Well, guess what? God's giving me this boat. It's an empty shell right now. But I'm believing, man, the lives that are going to be impacted and reached, you know, that will flood into this place, into this boat. And God's going to use us to be part of that. Man, walking on water with Jesus, there's nothing greater. So we got to move from the shore into the boat. Every one of you were created for so much more than to remain on the shore. You were created to get in the boat, to cross over to that life-defining breakthrough moment where Jesus will take you to that next level in your relationship with him. So steps to cross over that I want to draw from this passage. It says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get into the boat and cross over to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. You have to trust God by getting in the boat. You have to trust God by getting in the boat. What's keeping you from getting in the boat? What is keeping you? What's holding you back? You know some things because the Holy Spirit right now is tugging at your heart and saying, hey, buddy. What's holding you back? What's holding you back? How you answer this question will determine if you're fully on board and following Jesus into boats for crossover moments. There's nothing more satisfying or more fulfilling than getting into the boat that Jesus tells you to get into. You with me? You're here in this room. Why? Because there was a moment where Jesus said, hey, get in the boat. Your eyes were open. You found him. You became awake, became alive. If you haven't taken that step to get in the boat, and it might be the step of salvation and giving your life to Jesus. He's calling you. He's speaking to you. You know, you're here this morning for that, that specific reason. If you have not given your life to Jesus, well, this morning's your opportunity. Jesus is saying, hey, get in the boat. You're already here. <laughs> it's almost like what he did with us. I almost feel like he picked me up by my jacket and threw me in the boat with church planting. That's what it feels like. Well, he's doing the same thing with you this morning and say, hey, I want a relationship with you. I want to set you free. I want to take you places you never dreamed of and do things to accomplish my will here on this earth. You know, so he's right now, he's picked you up by your, your jacket and he's thrown you in the boat. All you need to do is say yes. The step that maybe you need to take is to actually become a multiplier. You're on the shores. You know, you've, man, heard Maybe God's done some miracles in your life and you've heard a great word and you enjoy some good food. But, man, now's time to step from the consumer mindset of church and religion into relationship with Jesus and multiplying what God has done in your life. It's time to take that step. Maybe you haven't stepped in the boat and pursue what God's called you to do with your life. You know God's called you to something. And he's given you that, he's told you what that, he's dreams and visions, thing. he's waking you up at night. You know he's called you to something, but there's something holding you back. Maybe it's a paycheck. Maybe it's being in control of 
the finances and providing for my home and that responsibility, and I have to have my hands on it. The moment I let that go, you know, got in the boat, the Lord provides. The Lord sustains. So leave the shore. Step into the boat. You were created to be in the boat and not to remain on the shore. I left the shore 20 years ago. I've always known Jesus, grew up in church, and, man, loved, loved the Lord. Um, but there was a moment when I was 21 years old when God was calling me into the ministry, and I left my hometown, all my friends, family, same house. I mean, same old, same old, same old. Went to Salem, North Carolina, so I'm a North Carolina boy. And so I left home and went into uh, ministry, went to Bible college. That was a leaving the shore moment for me. Packed up my little Geo Metro, all six foot two of me. <laughs> it's like a go-kart, man. I don't even know how it fit in that thing. To pursue what God was calling me to do. It was leaving a shore moment when God, in, while we are in ministry, he said, hey, now's the time I want to take you on the mission field. So we stepped out as missionaries to go reach middle school and high school students across, across states. Saw thousands of students come to the Lord, was able to help multiply what God was doing in the lives of students to go onto their school campus and be campus missionaries to their school campus and reach students. The greatest years of my life, I tell you, I love that. That was fun, you know, but that was a crossover moment, man. We had to step out. We, did, we had to raise our budget. And I remember, man, our first, man, first year of ministry as missionaries, I think I had $300 left living in northern Virginia um, after we paid our bills, and that was our food money, our gas money, and we had kids. I don't, I honestly, I don't know how we made it. But a crossover moment. And now ch planting a church. You know, every season uh, of crossover moments for, for us as a family has been a huge step. It's been a risky step. But God has always showed up. So you were created to, to, get, out, to get into the boat and to leave the shore. You have to trust God by getting in the boat. Second thing is this, is when trouble comes, keep trusting and stay on board. When trouble comes, keep trusting and stay on board. It says, meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land. Have you ever felt like that? Right? You know, you, you felt like, man, all right, I'm in trouble, God. <laughs> this storm is surrounding me. God, I need you to show up right now, <laughs> you know. Like, we've all been there. Oh, my goodness. So trouble far away from land, um, for, uh, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting the, the waves, the heavy waves. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the water, and the disciples saw him walking on the water, and they became terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. When you step in the boat, wherever the Lord leads you, you're going to experience storms. It's going to happen. Newsflash. You're going to experience storms no matter where you're at in your walk with Jesus. I can't imagine what life is like without Jesus. The storms that you experience, that I've experienced, can you imagine not having Jesus in your life and walking through those storms? Now let that be the fuel in your hearts to go help those people discover Jesus. Because they desperately need him. Every conversation I'm having in Wilmington with people, if I had 100 conversations and I've made a mission everywhere I go, I'm going to reach everybody at Lowe's and Home Depot. I'm just going to be honest with all the renovations I'm doing. 
But every conversation I'm having with people, if I have 100 conversations with people, 100 people, I would say 95 of them don't have a relationship with Jesus. It's unreal how lost this world is. Man, the storms they're walking through. Our neighbor behind the church, he's a painter, and guess what? He stayed up to 1 a.m. in the morning helping me paint this parsonage house. Isn't that cool? Guess what? He don't know Jesus yet. He don't know Jesus yet, but he's serving the Lord. <laughs> Connecting. I think he sees something that he's desperately longed for all his life. His daughter for the last eight months said, Daddy, will you take me to church? And he just so happened to run into this guy as I'm ripping out cabinets and drywall, <laughs> destroying this house to get it ready to host teams to help us renovate the church. Coincidence? No. But storms, we will always, we'll always be facing storms. But as you look in this passage, you can see, man, the disciples are in this boat. They're experiencing a storm, and they see something walking on the water. If you look closely, you'll see Jesus. If you're in storms, you'll see Jesus. It's not if the storms come, but when. But when they do come, choose to see Jesus in the storm. It said they were terrified. They were in fear. There's times where I feel like I wake up in the morning, and I'm like, Okay, how's this going to work, God? <laughs> I hope it works. <laughs> you know? And I know it's going to work. But, you know, the enemy likes to come in and try to bring some confusion and some doubt. And Jesus told them at once, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. God has given us land. He's given us a building. $1.5 million. Those bills are going to have to be paid soon. I actually had somebody say this to me the other day. Well, let me rephrase it like, let me say it like this. My church plant buddy, I called him up and said, hey, you ain't going to believe this. We found a location. He says, what would you get? Well, I said, well, we found an old Assembly God church building and we, we bought it. He says, well, do you have people? I said, no. He's like, are you crazy? I was like, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> but it's so clear that God's in it. How can you, how can you, you can't deny it. You just keep stepping forward. But somebody had said this to me. He says, you know what? You're the only church planner I've ever met that starts with a $1.5 million debt without people. I tell you, I could have just choked that person. <laughs> you don't know. When I wake up in the morning is what I feel like sometimes. <laughs> but the Lord reminded me, you know what? I bet David felt the same way when he showed up to the battle lines to bring food to his brothers. And he saw Goliath sitting there mocking God's people and God himself. And, 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 and David said, you know what, I'll fight him. And his brother's like, go home. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you know, you go, go, watch the, go watch the sheep. Go home to dad. You know, I kind of felt like that at that moment. Um, but the Lord gave me this picture. He says, you know what, I used David to take down the giant. And for me, I'm just, I'm just the church planner guy with a $1.5 million giant, but with Jesus, with God in my life, giants fall with small stones. That's how I'm looking at this whole thing. And you know what? If God only uses me to, man, save what, what God had done in the past and to restore it, and I'm not even the guy he uses to lead a church there, then I'm okay with that. It's all for the kingdom. It's all his anyway. If I'm just a Nehemiah that says, man, this is... Oh, this is broken, but it has good bones, and he just uses me, my hands, my, my feet to restore it, and, man, God takes it from there and, and uses it however he wants to. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. 
but storms. Jesus didn't abandon the disciples in the moment during the storm, and guess what? He won't abandon me, and he won't abandon you when he experienced storms. The disciples were never alone in the storm. And you know what? You're never alone when you walk through storms. Jesus is there. You just got to look closely to see him. When you're facing storms, look closely because you will find Jesus in them. When we have, um, when we have trouble that comes our way in, our, in the form of storms in our life, we have to keep trusting. We have to stay on board. Don't let it detour you from what God's called you to do. Don't let it send you back to the shores. Because oftentimes, I'll never forget my dad, when I was a kid, we had a bass boat. He's like, man, let's take it to Wilmington and let's put it in the water. Right? And I'm like, okay, dad. So we did. And uh, after getting out there in the channel and then, and then started heading into the ocean, he was like, this ain't going to work after we took about four or five waves into the boat. <laughs> we quickly turned around and went back to shore. I'm here to tell you, if you're experiencing storms on what God's called you to do with your life and serving him and becoming multipliers, you're going to experience storms. Man, don't let it detour you to put you back on the shores. Last thing is this, trust God when he calls you to walk on water. Peter, there's something about Peter that's pretty amazing. And I think that there's something inside of each and every one of us. We're kind of like a Peter. It says that Peter says, hey, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you on the water. And Jesus says, yes, come on. And Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on water towards Jesus. And when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he became terrified and began to sink. And he said, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him and says, you have so little faith. Why would you doubt me? And when they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. And the disciples worshiped him and said, you are really, you're truly the son of God. Let me remind you, how many were on the shores? Thousands. How many were in boat? A few. But it was Peter. It was one that walked on water with Jesus. If you're not in the boat to begin with, you will miss out on moments of walking on water with Jesus. You've got to be in the boat. I beg you, I plead with you, please get in the boat. It'll be the greatest ride of your life. And at the end of your days, when you stand before him, you won't have regret. You'll just be like, God, I did everything I could. Now, we see in this passage of Scripture, um, and sometimes we, we focus in on, well, Peter's just a failure, right? I mean, he denied Christ how many times? <laughs> you know, he even cussed somebody out in the process. You know, we see in this passage where, you know, uh, he became terrified, took his eyes off Jesus and began to sink. What a failure. But let me remind you, he was the only one that had the courage, <laughs> the, enough faith to speak up and to step out. He was the only one that got over the side of the boat. The rest of them stayed in the boat. Thank God that there, there are some in the boat, but only one. What's the difference? I'm here to tell you, every one of you, you're here in the boat. What God wants to do with your life. I beg you, look for moments of opportunity for God to use you in walking on water with Him. That guy behind our house that helped me paint it to 1 o'clock in the morning, that's a walking on water moment that God is using me in. And if I just say, man, if God just uses me to save one, so worth it. Selling everything we had, you know, experiencing all that we're experiencing, man, it's worth it. All the lives that He's already reaching, bringing them to our launch parties. We got one tonight, I don't know how many people's going to bring.
but we're all called to walk on water with Jesus. We just got to get in the boat. We have to get in the boat. How can you fail when Jesus is holding your hand? As I mentioned, I feel like I'm walking on water with Jesus here as we're planting a church and parachuting into a territory we don't have family or relationships. I mean, it's, it's just ground level. And a friend of mine, Pastor Thomas, he uh, asked me one day, we were out at coffee, and this was back in, oh, back in August. We had a free place to stay in Concourse, and we just, you know, I grabbed coffee with him. And he said, hey, he looked at me, he says, hey, man. He said, you feel ready? I said, nope. <laughs> and then I, I sat there for a moment, I said, you know, I don't know if I've ever felt ready in the things that God's called me to do. But I'm humbled that God would use somebody like me. Yeah. So my response is like, nope, I don't feel ready. But then I do. Because there's something that rises up inside of me because I know God's called me to it. So do I feel ready? No, but then I do. And here lately I've been feeling, man, I'm, I'm born for this. That's how I've been encouraging myself. I'm, I'm created for this, for this season, for this season of my life to reach people in this way. So if you don't mind, bow your heads, close your eyes with me this morning. Do you trust Jesus? There are some in this room, you wanna trust Jesus, but you haven't stepped out from the shore and stepped into the boat and given your life to Jesus. And this morning, I want to give you the opportunity. God loves you. He loves you. If you were the only one here on this planet, you still have sent his son to die on the cross for you, to free you from sin and to give you life that you, that you never dreamed of. So this morning, if you want to accept Christ, if you don't mind, just slip your hand up, put it up in the air. This is your moment, your opportunity. You know the Holy Spirit is tugging at your heart. God's been speaking to you for a while. This is your moment to step into the boat. He's already picked you up by your jacket. He's thrown you. He wants to throw you in the boat. That's why you're here. All you have to do is say yes. So if that's you this morning, just put your hand up. I'm going to pray over you. Amen. Anybody else? That's what I want to do. I want us to say a prayer together. So repeat after me. Say, Jesus. Thank you for all that you've done. Today, I choose you. I choose to get in the boat. Will you come into my life and save me? In Jesus' name, amen. We had one person give their life to the Lord this morning. Can we give Jesus a round of applause? So I want you to stand with me this morning. There's a few areas that I feel compelled that God has really stirred in my heart. I want to pray over you guys. And I don't want you to hesitate. Jesus didn't hesitate when he went to the cross for you and I. He didn't hesitate when Peter cried out for help, right? Or the disciples cried out for help while they were in this boat and as, G as Peter was sinking. You know, like Jesus didn't hesitate. He, he immediately came to them. So when I, when I mention these things to you, I just want you to throw your hand up. I want you to shoot your hand up and not, not even hesitate in the process. If it applies to you, I want you to throw your hand up. 
but I want to pray over people this morning. You have one foot in a boat, and you have one foot on shore. You've accepted Christ in your life, but yet your life is still your own, and there's something that is holding you back from truly getting, you ever got into a canoe before? You know you know what I'm saying? Like big dude like me trying to get a canoe, I'm going to go overboard in a heartbeat. It's so unbalanced, but it's like you have one foot in the canoe, in the boat, and you're just trying to leave that dock and that shore and to, to fully get into the, to the boat. And it has to pertain to your call, has to pertain to your relationship with Jesus. So if that's to you this morning, you got one foot on the shore and one foot in the boat, I want you to shoot your hand up real quick this morning. Come on, don't hesitate. I'm going to pray. And actually, we're all going to pray. You see the hands going up? I want everybody in the room, stretch out your hand to those individuals. Throw your hand up in the air if you want to get prayed for that. There you go. There you go. Awesome. Let's, let's pray over them. Let's speak prophetically. Father, I thank you, Lord, for every individual in this room. God, you see the hands that are raised. God, they have one foot in the boat and one foot on the shore. I pray that today is the day, Lord, of a life-changing breakthrough moment in their walk with you, that they fully leave the shore, God, and step into the fullness of who you are in their life, God. Lord, the relationship with you go, will go to new heights, God. They will hear from you in amazing ways, God, and pursue the things that you call them to pursue for you, Father. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Another one is this. Some of you guys are walking through storms right now. You're experiencing storms. I want you to throw your hand up in the air right now. You're experiencing storms. Well, today we're going to agree with you that God and Jesus is in this. You look closely, you can see him. He's there. All right. In our unbelief, man, we have to have faith and know that he's there. And we see in scripture time and time again, he's there. So we're going to invite Jesus into the situation and give him the opportunity to do a miracle. Amen. So throw your hand up, and the rest of you guys, if you want to put hands on their shoulders or reach out your hand, let's pray together. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are a God that in the middle of storms in our life, Father, you always prevail, God. You're always there. Lord, I ask, God, that when we can't see, Lord, I pray that you help us see. Lord, in Jesus' name. So, Lord, I would speak to these storms. I ask, God, that in Jesus' name, you bring peace to their lives. Father, I pray that the things that they are seeking you for, for answers, God, let today be the day that miracles are done. God, in Jesus' name in their life. Lord, speak to those storms, God. Speak to the, the troubles that are going on, Lord, and say, peace be still, Father. And, Lord, I pray that you would be glorified and in in the miracles, God, that you're doing right now in that moment, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. The last thing I want to do is this. So I want to speak a blessing over you. I want to pray a blessing over you that God has called you to step out onto the water with him. The things that I'm experiencing, and listen, I don't, there's times I don't even know what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm just taking a step. I'm going to pray the same thing. I mean, we've been walking into some crazy favor and blessing. I don't, we don't deserve it. But, I, man, I want a little bit of what God is doing in me to just rub off onto you. That way you can see, man, the things that I'm seeing and, 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 and God can just do some just crazy things in your life, miracles after miracle after miracle. So can we just all raise our hands to the Lord? Jesus, I thank you. Lord, I am humbled. Lord, that you would use a guy like me. Lord, you use ordinary people to do extraordinary things for you in your kingdom. Lord, I thank you, God, that you're using us. Lord, you're using the people in this room, Father. Lord, I pray and I ask, Lord, for divine moments, Lord, of walking on water with you. Lord, I pray that every individual in this room, God, will not be comfortable in the seat, but Lord, to step out of the boat and walk on water with you. Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would do that in their life, Father, in every way possible, Lord. Let them experience walking on water moments with you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen and amen. Hey, can we give it up for Pastor David Freeland? Thanks so much. Listen, get in the boat. Don't put one foot on the shore, one foot in a boat. Let's be all in. Let's be all in. Hey, for those of you who are here for our Multipliers 101 class, that's going to be directly after service. So just come fill up the front three rows. I think there's about 20 some odd people signed up for that. So make sure that you, you hang out. We have groups uh, happening throughout the week. Make sure if you're not plugged into a group, jump on the app, take a look at our groups and get involved in one. Life's too hard to do this thing by yourself. Yeah. Life's too hard. So listen, we'll be back here next week, same time, same place as we continue to love Jesus and change the world. We'll see you guys next week. You say that you were right.